Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. We like that. All in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else, those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free. Zero catch. We've been using it ever since we started How Long Gone. And ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like having the option of turning off the Q&As and the polls on the user dashboard (laughs) has really helped uh, boost my creativity and take it to another level. I highly recommend giving it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hello, Chris. Hi, Jason. Good afternoon. How are you? It's still more. It's still morning, baby. But I'm good. It is still morning. Um, just a Sunday in LA for the both of us, huh, buddy? These days, just they start early and they end early. You know what I mean? It's that's just where I'm at right now. That's where I have been at as well um, for a while. I, I mean, it's a little part. Part getting older and part quarantining, I guess. Uh, yes, I think it all all plays a part. I also think that just you know, getting up early feels more productive at this stage. You're damn right about that. I love to be early. We know you're you're a six a.m.er, right? Definitely. Yeah, big same, big. Same. Well, I'm definitely a six a.m.er right here. Maybe five thirty because I'm still you know getting acclimated to the PST. Sure, sure. Um, did you have a fun? fourth <laughs> yeah dumbass yeah i saw your ass what you mean yeah i, I don't did, know actually. if you had fun but i did see you um no it was okay no i'm just kidding it was it was fun i had a good time it was it was overwhelming to be around uh people that are quick-witted uh like myself all in one place in and in a, obviously in an open-air public park um yeah for, it, for our it, listeners we had a social distance hang out in in a large park by my house where we uh we sat away from each other on our own independent blankets and brought our own food that we ate and uh, uh, you know we smoked our own cigs uh, <laughs> i i just uh yeah it was it was just it was a good crowd it was a good group of people you know so you so you're not used to being around People who are able to, you know, a, a large group of people—I guess not large, but a, a handful of people who, who are able to to match wits with you in, uh, and you had to be on your A game. I, I kind of felt the well, same way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly it's rare, you know. And I think we do this podcast together because we found each other. You know what I mean? In that in that mm-hmm. quick witted way, that sensibility that we share. But yeah, I mean, it can you know, be exhausting though. It can be, and you got to keep your, you know, it, the barbecue is for every fucking body. You know what I mean? So you, you can get thrown on the queue like those fucking ribs, bro, like at any point. <laughs> um, that is true, and it's good. You know, it keeps, keeps us all on our toes, and I think we're all 
past the point of maybe becoming uh, offended or butthurt by by said barbecuing of each other? Uh, it would take a lot. Well, especially from those bozos. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's uh, it's all in good fun, and you can feel that. You know, mm-hmm. we were we were playing some tennis and. And our friend Ben Edgar suggested that we live we do a live stream of of you and I playing tennis together. <laughs> and should know. we make? I mean, we're playing this afternoon. Should we make it a reality? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think I still need some time to work out the logistics of how it would happen. And well, I think we would. I think we need to purchase. I think it's time that that for the for the greater good of this podcast and and, and for the fans, I think we should have a. We should purchase um, with the. We should break. We should break the how long gone penny bank and cop a uh, <laughs> cop cop a um, a tripod for the phone. Um, you don't have your own vlogger kit already. You know, I I, have, I only have a ring light. I don't know, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know. Well, a ring I light think we, is the most essential part of a vlogging kit, so you're pretty, I th- you're I th- already there. I don't actually have one, but I think that would be if we just if we just set up a camera in the corner and just let it rock. That's funny as fuck. Yeah, people. A lot of. I mean, I I was having doubts in myself, but but Ben was saying like there's there's enough people who who would be interested in watching that. But then he was suggesting getting like lav mics. taped taped to our lower back so uh you know we could hear all the mid the mid match banter between the two of us but then i I worry that will it will also produce a lot of just kind of un undesirable breathing and grunting sounds perhaps well on your side absolutely because i'm gonna have your lanky ass diving all over that fucking court (laughs) so it's yes you will be breathing heavily because you're not in the shape that i'm in um, physically, is, is so, there is there a a way that we can put money like a, a wager on this? I mean, I think personal pride is pretty big for both of us, and that's what we're willing to lose here. So I think okay, that that's fine. But I think enough. it would be, you know, it would be probably the wisest. You know, it, it would be smarter than investing in Gap uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> All right, let, to have to uh, you know. To put money on me beating you straight sets. Well, I, I, I mean, I saw your little abbreviated backswing yesterday, and I feel like that's a little hole in your game that I'm going to be able to exploit. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, Jason, I, your skills surprised me, and the fact that I've never even that neither of us have seen each other play before. And yesterday doesn't count because there was no real gear involved. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting day today, and I think Tim, our referee, is going to have his work cut out for him. I don't really, I don't really, it seems kind of like an open and shut case to me. I don't know what you were <laughs> seeing out there yesterday, but it's, uh, it's pretty much, you know, cut and dry. What you, I'm saying to you, what I'm you, saying you, to you, you, you were moving. I mean, I know that you were kind of injured or something or you were, you were gassed out from a previous. Because um, I actually exercise. Or yes, something. Be- because I because I ran seven miles a few hours before I saw you, mm-hmm. so excuse me. I was also wearing Nike Spiridons. I, I need proper gear to protect my body because as an athlete, I take my assets very seriously. Mm. For someone like you who's just goofing around all the time, you don't need that stuff. You can you can have a laugh in your little converse. You know what I mean? I can't do that. Right, and and that's kind of even more enjoyable to <laughs> to beat you so so easily and effortlessly. 
you know, using whatever gear and clothing. Agree. So you should show up this afternoon to South Pasadena in some flip flops. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> if you if you if you don't care, put the put the Javianas on with some jeans and let's and let's really get it going. Well, we're gonna be we're gonna be playing later today on you know in an actual tennis club facility, a, a private club. So I think I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm gonna have to dress accordingly. Appro- I'm, not, I'm not gonna yes. be able to just wear. You know, one of my signature tanks. The jean shorts and tank tops will have to be left the in jean in shorts. Come on. <laughs> no, but I love a little friendly competition. But I, I think that um, I think that we're actually fairly well matched if we're both healthy, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, actual question. Do you think I will need to be wearing a collared a collared polo shirt? No, no, no. I've played here a bunch. No, no, it's not that serious. Okay. No, it's not tennis whites. Tim chooses to wear tennis whites because he respects the sport, which I also respect. But mm-hmm. um, as a person in transit, I didn't have space in the Ramoa for the for the whites. Part part of your pro gear, pro attitude philosophy. I mean, I have obviously full, you know, uh, sweat wicking material outfit ready to go, but it's 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 black, which which um, mm. also attracts heat. But I would suggest I didn't bring a hat. And I would suggest bringing one because the sun is bright. You know, we're playing at a little bit of a a, a, a high sun time. You know, middle of summer, it's better to play in the morning or at night. You know, don't I do have hats? So that is that I'm not worried about. I might need to borrow one. So if you don't, if you have anything, you don't, you, you know, you want to unload nothing. No, don't give me some corny shit. <laughs> to like try to throw me off my game. I, I will give you. I, I have a white Nike tennis tennis hat, dry fit that you that you may borrow okay cool that sounds like that will fit my look (laughs) um but yeah i I think that i think maybe this podcast and and our relationship in general should pivot to competition based you know what i mean i Mm -hmm. think that maybe we could maybe that's what we do we just it's it's once a week there's some sort of battle where where the two of us um go head to head in some sort of competition but unfortunately that doesn't look very good for me as a man that really doesn't have that many skills. Um, mm, but but so that t- should be outweighed by your supreme physique and um, <laughs> and level of uh, of fitness, right? Well, anything physical, I'll whip your ass. But I'm saying, like, you know, uh, let's say, like, if a- we had a pull up contest or something like that, is that um, what you're talking okay. about? Or are you talking okay. more of like? <laughs> Are, are we going to go like the Highland Games where we're going to like throw, <laughs> see how far we can throw a rock? Or I will beat you at that. Pull up, she'll probably take me on any sort of any sort of sporting or foot race. I will take you in. Okay. Um, so I any, think any of are, any of the track and field arts, that's a yes. Yeah, the track and field. Unfortunately, though, I think when we approach more life skills, you know, cooking, hammering, changing a tire, you know, regular guy shit. I think you'll have me smoked um mm-hmm. but if we did like let's say a, a, a vogue runway click through you have to pick the designer you know <laughs> I, I, I identify the designer i think i could take you there you know what i mean if we had to do a tight five minute stand-up routine you're gonna win mm. um so it's, this it's my kind of i think i think we're on our way to developing some type of uh you know cuck decathlon where <laughs> cuck, cuck, t- the cuck tathlon how long gone presents the cuck tathlon the, the cuck olympics perhaps <laughs> I, I i just think this is a way to keep it interesting you know what i mean i think people you know everyone deep down is competitive i would say 
That is that is very true. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, so our, our listeners at home, if you if you can, you know, maybe start putting together your ideal, you know, 10, 10 skills for us to compete in, and then we can go and the, we can go from there in terms of you know making the pitch deck for sponsors and and getting enough money yeah. to get this thing. Well, this to me strikes me more as like a a you know um, Hulu original probably <laughs> than, 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 than a podcast. But you know I'm I'm open to you know I understand that content lives in many places these days and you know people's attention spans are short. So if Quibi wanted to do this in short you know, 10, 10 part, 10 minute episodes, I could see that working. This actually, yeah. I mean, as much as we talk shit on, on Quibi, this, they might be the perfect platform for this. Well, and the way to really juice it up and get some star power involved is, you know, for each of us to have an expert coach for every event. Mm, Okay. You know, so it's like, all right, I'm going to call, you know, if we're cooking, it's like you and you have your little buddy, but then I call in, you know, some famous chef to help me. You know, right. um, and how would because, it work if I would be the best person to be the coach for these skills already? So I just kind of um, maybe I, I, can, I can do it with like an with like one hand tied behind my back or something to I level see, it out. I mean, I know that you're really impressed with yourself for being able to like chop vegetables and other like <laughs> rudimentary skills that mm-hmm. I unfortunately don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm here and sad to inform you that there are people that are better than you at everything that you do. Um, so, and, and the same goes for me. So I think we would both, we would both need a coach in our corner to help just absolutely destroy the will to live of the other person. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm picturing spare tire changing, um, you know, sewing a, sewing a button onto a shirt that fell off, things like this, you know, some nice practical skills. I used to be able to sew. I feel like I could pick it back up. I've never changed a tire. I know that's not surprising to you. Um, <laughs> you know, you know how some people on their parents' cell phone bill. The only thing that I'm, I'm still involved with with my parents is a triple A membership, and I haven't had a car in eleven years, twelve years. But my mom, for some reason, still maintains my triple A membership. You never know, sweetie. Well, I mean, I think Maserati has a service, but you do never know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, roadside head ass (laughs) roadside head ass um so you would beat me at that but again i think that i think we could find a list of skills that that you know both of us aren't Mm -hmm. uh you know neither of us are experts at all of them i think is what we'd be looking for Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay well i think i think this idea does have some legs and uh, we will continue to develop this as as time progresses Yes, this podcast now serves as the writer's room. It is moved. It is moved mm. from a from an interactive uh, chat scenario to a we're talking at you writer's room scenario. It's 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 I interesting. Would, I would say the one the one task or one one competition that I really hope to beat you at, which is um, live tweeting an award show. That's if there, I can if I can take you there, then that will really just crumble your whole strategy. That's actually true, and and to be a hundred percent honest, uh, you have absolutely no chance. Um, <laughs> but you are funny. But I don't think you have the you don't have the itchy trigger finger that will allow you to hit them in succession like 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 mm-hmm. like a like a skier on the moguls. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we have a guest today. Um, yes, yes. Uh, 
editor at large of them, uh, the Condé Nast platform. He's a, uh, he's also the entertainment editor for Nylon, the newly relaunched Nylon magazine. Um, Michael QB is his name. Um, I believe he's from LA, but he lives in New York. Um, okay. and you know, we're going to get a little update on what's going on with him, get his take on things. He actually recently watched Hamilton for the first time. Um, and talked about it, and I said, Godspeed. So, hopefully, now that he's watched it, we can hear a little update from a, from a virgin. Godspeed, yeah. We, right. we have a lot of Hamilton to cover. All right, um, let's get a lot of ham. I'll bang his line. How long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp, you know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves bit of a travel agent so for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions we were spent off obviously off clock going through you know hotels ferries car rentals restaurant recommendations it's as if i have two wives i have two wives inside of me and uh yeah sure sure yeah so uh it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists you get one that you really like you guys are gossiping. You guys are chit-chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know, it's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash long today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash long. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOWLONG, all one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long? That's neutral. dot com promo code how long? Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Say goodbye to swiping left on lackluster meals and swipe right for the one brand that will make your taste buds swoon. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions 
Speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes. Oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients. I like to chop myself. Or quick microwave meals that are assembled in minutes. Home Chef has you and your entire family covered for delicious meals, witty options per week, and serves a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. I'm keto now. Not only is it convenient, but it is also economical. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Mamma mia. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering my listeners, our listeners, 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert faux life at homechef.com slash how long. That's homechef.com slash how long for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash how long must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What's good? All right, we're all here? We're here. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. How are you? Michael, how how do we say your last name? QB. Okay, I said it right. I wanted to guess, but I I didn't think it was that complicated. I was over (laughs) A lot of people say Cubby, but then I'm always like, there's only one B. (laughs) Cubby's pretty cute, though. I mean, you know. I always just say QB like a quarterback, even though I've never played football a day in my life. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good, that's easy to understand, especially for, you know, two dumbasses like us. Um, Chris, Chris is you, more familiar with Quibby. Quibby, yes. Quibby is my, QB is Quibby to me. That's how I, see, I read it. Um, oh, my God. Are you, I, I, I looked at your Instagram story. It looks like you turned up a little bit last night. Um, I did not turn up. I like. I wish. <laughs> Are you saying you um, love this country as much as we do that you're turning oh up? Oh God! Hell no, yeah. no, not at all. Not in any. Not in any form of celebrating America whatsoever. Okay. Okay. What? Uh, what? What did you get into yesterday for the fourth? Um. Basically, I just saw a few friends. Um, like ended up on a rooftop with at one of my friends' apartments. Mm. Um, it was with. Guys, no Hari, obviously. Um, and we went like at the. I'm sorry, what were you gonna say? No, no, just you know, a, a graduate of how long gone university is, is yes, how we like yes. to <laughs> refer to our, 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 our former guests. You know, you're in your first semester right now, so play your cards right. Uh, yes, hopefully I get to graduate <laughs> on time. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I mean, like at the end of the day, we went to this very like weird thing that was happening underneath the bridge, and pretty much like both were immediately like, "This is looking like a little bit too much." I think it's time to call it a night. So, what is the overall vibe in New York? Obviously, I I've, I live there, but I haven't been there since March. Jason lives in LA, so give us a scene report from the ground. Um, I mean, New York is pretty. It's like weird to kind of have watched it go like completely dead and empty, and like people are very clearly starting to emerge back out. Definitely to an extent that they shouldn't be. <laughs> um, so it's kind of scary and unnerving. Hmm. But. But, I mean, it definitely feels a lot different than it did at the beginning of the pandemic. Yes. I mean, are you, are you, where do you, what, are you in Brooklyn or are you in the city? Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. I live in Bed-Stuy. Okay. So, is it, do you think it's more mellow in, in Brooklyn than it is in Manhattan? Yes, definitely. I literally have only been in Manhattan, I want to say, maybe three times since the pandemic started. Like, for the first, like, three months, I was only in Brooklyn, like in my neighborhood, like taking little walks around the block, like did not go anywhere. Oh, so you've been a couple of times. 
you were taking that shit serious. You were a quarantine truther. You like really? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely was not playing any of the games. I was very much like <laughs> in my room, only seeing my roommate and her girlfriend. Didn't see anyone for months. But so I'm like. Are you feeling unleashed? Like, did, was it, is it socializing? Like, because I socialized yesterday with Jason and a few of our friends in like a park, and I was a little overwhelmed, I have to say. Yeah, no, it is really scary. I've like been keeping it very like low key, like making sure I'm only in spaces with very like small crowds outdoors, you know, sitting separate apart, like not being in too chaotic things. But that's why, like, when I see other things happening, like, this morning I saw all of these like pictures of like these gays party in Fire Island and it's like packed back to back on the beach and I'm like that's the kind of shit that scares me so much. I thought COVID I thought COVID didn't make it to Fire Island. So it's probably <laughs> they seem to think that they seem to think that somehow it cannot hop on the ferry and the bus. <laughs> and the <train. laughs> Corona took the damn ferry over to Fire Island. It's here to stay. I I mean, I'm more talking about the the I was overwhelmed with the actual socializing itself of like rapid fire, like conversation face to face. Yeah. You kind of, cause you go from like not seeing anyone to suddenly at like seeing people. It was, it's kind of, it's definitely very weird and like disorienting after kind of like being secluded for so long. Are think, you from, I think, I think another weird thing about the hanging is like people are, are having to readjust to talking about, normal things like they used to before whereas just the last four months everyone just talks about the coronavirus all the time and right you know they 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 judge other people and talk shit on people who aren't wearing masks and it's just like they people forgot how to just you know kick it and have a normal convo with your friends oh yeah there's gonna definitely be an adjustment period to like feeling normal even amongst the people you've been friends with for years Mm mm-hmm it's it, it's a it's a divisive time, uh, you know, in in many ways. Are you uh, are you from LA and now you live in New York? Yes, yeah, I've lived in New York since 2012. And you didn't you didn't come back to the motherland to ride this thing out? Um, no, I did not. I was not one of those people that was like escaping. <laughs> Don't come at me on my fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking I, speaking of partying in New York, there uh, there's been a lot of China chalet discourse oh on God. social media, and and I and I know that both of you guys are are in New York. Michael, you might yeah. have more experience turning up since oh, Chris I mean, is, I, is over, but like I, I maybe <laughs> um, you know to to an LA person or somebody outside of New York who isn't familiar with what it is. Obviously, it's like you know a a popular place that cool people go and get drunk and do coke at but like what uh (laughs) what's going on with it i mean it's closing down but what was so special about this place i mean it was just it was one it's such like a rare venue literally was like a chinese restaurant by day like coked out club by night and it was just one of these places that just had kind of like no rules like you could smoke indoors Mm -hmm. um it was like this weird like setup where there was a bar on one corner and then like the main dining room and then like a club room and it was just like this very like open place that just kind of gave birth to so many of these kind of like now iconic 
New York parties that just have been happening over like the past like half decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such like I mean I spent so much time in China Chalet, and sometimes it's like the worst place. There's like no real air conditioning. It feels very hot and disgusting, mm-hmm. but it's also just like so. I don't know. I mean, like, it feels very much, like, unlike so many other things in New York. Like, it does not have any kind of, like, standard club vibe. I think that that's what mm. made it feel special because, so like, it... It has the energy maybe of, you know, one of the last places that's kind of, like, old New York where, like you said, you could smoke indoors and just do coke on the tables and... Right. And exactly. <laughs> very that, yeah. Like, there's, like, it's one of those things that now that it's gone, like, they're there is no comparable. Like I think another like regular club could shut down and you could just find the next club. It's like, mm-hmm. like was so distinct and individual that it's like, it's sad. It really is. Sad. Chris, did you but, ever I spend mean, time turning up there? Blowing, blowing a bag. Chris has done Coke at time. satellite. Okay. That's what you're asking. Yes. <laughs> it's obviously, it's been a long time. That's the, that's the other thing. It's been around for kind of a lot for being so lawless. It's like maintained for years. Yeah, it, it really is kind of crazy, and it's gone through like phases. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, like, I'm lot, right, exactly. I'm a lot older than you. You know what I mean? I imagine mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at least ten years older than you, and it's been cool for that long. You know what I mean? Which is like yeah. crazy. It's always been such like like it was a thing even before I moved to New York. Like you know, I came here in 2012, and it was already like this thing. But like I said, it's just like I mean, how many places can you go and like be indoors, just like it's, lighting up it your cigarettes like, and uh, like you know. It seemed like a good place to fuck skaters at. Is that true? Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> huge, huge, huge skater destination. The, the legendary kind of thing where you can like be in a, like be in one of the stalls. Some people are making out in one corner. The other people are very loudly like sniffing coke off a key. Like very bad energy. It's it's well. There's that famous photo of the skateboards um, checked in the coat check. Yes. That is that is so fucking funny. That that shit makes me laugh every time I see it. <laughs> Truly, I feel like has been the most circulated image. Like paying its respects to our fallen sister. It's really. Did you did you go out a lot in high school in LA? Were you like on the scene, or were you in your books? Um, I, I was. I was very much in my books. I mean, I was very balanced. I went out a lot, but I mean, I also was very studious. But not. I wasn't like out at clubs. It was just more like very Kesha party at a rich dude's house, like you know, going to some place in the valley, like and just getting really stoned and like binge drinking but i wasn't like going out like on. that's just so weird when i go like back home to la now and people are like asking for recommendations like where do you go out and i'm like i was never like of age in la and it wasn't really the kind of place where i would have like had a fake id in high school yeah. where it's like i come to new york and all of the people that like were 16 like had fake ids in new york but that just wasn't the vibe in la at least not like when i was growing up there at least interesting well i mean i think it's probably better to start a little later you know what i mean it's, it's yeah you're not equipped to handle it at 15, in my opinion. But but it does in New York and LA. It does happen often. That, that I mean, native like the native New Yorkers who have been partying, like that's a different breed. Like I have some friends who grew up here, and yes. like the way that they kind of like really start on that like social circuit in their young teens. I'm like that really is some. You've seen some shit. You really no seen no some yeah. Shit. If you went to Bungalow Eight in high school, you're on some <laughs> right. You're on. <laughs> Me and you ain't the same. You know what I'm saying? We are not. We are not cut from the same cloth. We are not. I wish I, I'm jealous of you, but we're not cut from the same cloth. You know, I, I think it makes a big difference. And you went to 
we have a friend in common, Cammy, who does uh, parades. Yes, yes, and yeah. You, you guys went to you, so you went to college at Columbia, so you lived uptown. I did, I did. Yeah, from like for the years that I was there, I was lived on campus. Cammy and I were actually both in the same co-ed literary society at Columbia. Wow, so you really. <laughs> Yeah, you are very studious, my friend. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you, you really be in your books. I mean, well, it actually, I mean, it was very much. It was a co-ed frat. It just it was founded as a literary society, but that really was not. It functioned basically as a frat, except it was co-ed. So, what did you go to? Like, what did what did you go to school for? Sociology. Oh, I see. Okay, so and now you write about TV, film, and entertainment. Mostly, yeah, primarily. I, I love that through line. I love that. Yeah, line. I think <laughs> I, I actually went to Columbia. My first year, I was an econ major. I like had all these plans to like do econ and like go to business school, and I was like very quickly like, this is not yeah, really what I'm get, trying did, to did, do. Did New York City turn you out first semester and, and flip the whole shit? Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I feel like I got here. I was so that was on that track. Like you know, I took AP Econ in high school. Like that was gonna be my thing, and I like got here. And it was honestly a bunch of other people. I would tell them that they were like, "That doesn't seem like you." And I like started to think, and I was like, "Is it?" Or like, am I really just kind of been pursuing this very weird line? And I was like, actually, what would I want to do more? And I like thought I wanted to write, but I didn't want to be an English major because I didn't want to like. The type of writing that you do for English was not the type of writing I was trying to do. So I was like, let's just kind of find a major where I will be writing a lot and kind of just learning about culture and like examining culture in general. I, you know, I, Jason and I both love examining culture. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I, that, that makes it sound a lot cooler than me when I say like, I just like to read the Daily Mail and tweet about it. That doesn't sound quite as... Yes. Well, Chris, there's, there's, a, there's a difference between examining culture and just talking shit on it on Twitter as well. <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you for that decision. But you still have to examine culture to be able to talk shit about it. Absolutely. That's, look, yes, thank you for bringing me back to, yes, back to Earth. <laughs> uh, and, and I know you, you were an editor-at-large at Vim, um, and I think people, I, I bet some people that listen to this podcast don't know what Vim is, so it would be nice if you could kind of explain what yes. the platform is. Um, so Vim is Condé Nast's like LGBTQ platform. Um, it was founded in October 2017, I think, by Phil Picardi, who then went to out and is now doing something completely different. Um, and it's basically just like a website that focuses on like looking at culture through a queer lens and but under the Condé Nast umbrella. And I've been there since the beginning. I started doing. I was the social media director when I first got there for like the first seven, eight months and then realized that I wanted to go back to writing because that's what I was doing before I was brought on by Phil. And I was just kind of like, social media is not my thing. Like trying to run social media for a brand is such a different beast than like running it for yourself. And I was like, this is not really my thing. And so then I just became the editor at large and I've just kind of been writing there since then. I also think people, editor-at-large, you know, to me, it sounds like a pretty cushy fucking title. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, is that <laughs> editor-at-large sounds like, to me, you ain't got to be anywhere you don't want to be. Am I incorrect? Oh, definitely. No, yeah, no, that's <laughs> definitely, like, I'm on my own. I just kind of, like, have the stories that I have when a couple that I'm juggling at all times, I just kind of have my deadlines, and then that's really all that I'm kind of obligated to do. Wow, sounds pretty fucking good. That's why you can be out partying with Hardy and I'm, I'm stuck here <laughs> saying to the fucking laptop. I see the difference. I what, see the fucking difference. What is, um, what is the vibe like right now at Condé Nast with all the, uh, you know, 
I don't know what I mean, what exactly you would call it, but you know, there's some shakeups I mean, I mean, going on. I mean, there obviously was like a moment where it was like a very somber, you know, like let's have this town hall and talk about diversity type thing. But I feel that at least like for the people on them, it's it's such a different experience because that staff has been so carefully. Yeah. strategically arranged as far as like representing minority voices like that's kind of always been at the heart of what them was so it feels a little bit removed even though obviously it still is part of the condé umbrella but i mean i mean i feel like in general i mean like the stuff with bon appetit like they're handling it i guess to whatever extent that they are but <laughs> <laughs> jason i think they got that under control or whatever i don't know <laughs> I mean, what do you how do you even how do you even handle that though you know Right, exactly. I mean, like, there's obviously so much there, but I feel what's going on with them is so, it feels removed, particularly because, like, we're not centralized in an office, and especially for me as someone who's at large and is, like, not really kind of involved in the day-to-day of, like, what's going on there anyway, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I feel someone at least insulated as being tied directly to that. Yeah. What What have you... So has what you, the subjects you've been covering changed, like because of quarantine, because of Black Lives Matter, because of the murders? Like, has that really shifted, or is it kind of like you're you're still trying to maintain some like you know entertainment focused stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I think as far as like the brand and like platform itself, it has like taken a much like wider change as far yeah. as like there is more of that going on. I'm not necessarily like that's not necessarily the reporting that I'm doing. I mean, for sure. the past month, I've just been doing so much like, like profiles and stuff for pride. But, oh, okay. um, by the that, way, quick, quickly on that note, I feel like, I, I feel like, uh, King princess got a shitload of profiles with no record out, like no new music. Out. <laughs> and I fucking well, love King. I love King princess. Like I can't get enough. Like I'm into the whole thing, but I was like, damn, she got like four covers and her record came out a year ago. Yeah, I mean, it's really weird how kind of like, but then I think also it's like once like things like Pride roll around, it's you gotta like, call, who, you gotta get all the fine, right? Who, what lesbians do we know? We know lesbians. Right, exactly. We need, you need to make sure you have one member from each letter of the LGBTQ, <laughs> like after them. And they're, you know, the pool gets smaller and smaller. And so then they just default to who they know. I get. I mean, that does. I think. I mean, pride is is always something that is, I, I, you know, co opted by the corporations, you know, in of a course. way. Yeah. But yeah. do you look at that as ab- actually it's, negative, or is it more like, look, they don't, they're not doing it exactly right, but it's better that they're doing something rather than nothing. Um, I'm definitely like not on the plane of thinking that it is a blanket negative. I think it really is a case-by-case basis on how they engage with that work. If they're kind of just doing, you know, taking one month to, like, slap rainbows onto, like, a T-shirt and, like, sell it at this exorbitant value and, like, not donate any of the money, that's obviously, like, I don't really care about that visibility. But for the brands that are actually, like, trying to work structurally from the basis like you know and are like you know we're gonna sell these and this is gonna like go to a different corporation that are actually trying to you know like organize stuff within their employee basis to actually fight for and like make real structural change i think that that is definitely worth it but i mean in general obviously like the corporatization of pride is like not good as far as yeah. like you know this i you know idea of like rainbow capitalism and everything that intrinsically is not but like i don't jump to the flip side of saying like corporations should like not 
acknowledge pride because that's equally bad. So I, I just think it's more about going about it in an authentic, organic how, way. How did it? How did it feel this year? We just with everything going on, like and on every fucking level. What was the vibe? Pride wise, it was it was so weird because I mean there were so many like there felt like so many like more important things like you know with like the overlap of all of like the Black Lives Matter protests happening right as Pride was happening. It was it felt like I'm not really thinking about gayness and queerness right now as much as I'm like thinking about the fact that you know like people are like dying. But I do think that it also kind of lent itself to this very unique opportunity to kind of think about the intersection of like blackness and queerness as, as these two groups where so many like the queer community definitely has a problem like a racism problem as much as some aspects of the black community have like had issues with responding to queerness and I felt like it was a good moment mm. to kind of like examine that intersection and kind of like see the ways that both of these movements should be kind of like moving side by side and not being at odds with each other. So there was a, a unique thing, but it also didn't obviously between the stuff happening with the Black Lives Matter protests and the fact that obviously we're still in the middle of a pandemic, it didn't feel like pride, pride, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a pride, pride from st- home. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I Virtual have a, pride. I have a pride story actually where I was once jogging, um, you know, just out for a jog and then I, I got... I got locked in to pride, basically. I like took a turn down a street and I couldn't get out. And then I ended up just participating. <laughs> I ended up just it sounds like Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. It, it, really does. <laughs> it really does. And then I just went with it. You know, I just kind of walked for a while and I was like, oh, this is pretty fucking lit, actually. And then I, you know, I was able to find my way out. And it was um but it my point being it really takes over New York in its prime. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's, yeah. it's it, like it's all encompassing. Like it's the city is is on for, for that for that time. Yeah, it's such, and like last year's Pride was like such a huge thing because it was World Pride, you know, the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. So there were so many people. But like, I honestly, like, hilariously, like, never really do the actual like marches. It was so funny. Last year, I was supposed to be like, I got invited by like W Hotels, like, ride on their float. And I was like, okay, like, this would be a good way to like actually like do the parade. And like the morning of or like the night before or something, they sent me. And email being like, yeah, so like you're gonna like show up to W Hotel at like whatever time and you'll be like directed here to like get a t-shirt and you'll be directed here to like walk alongside the float. And I was like, mm. you invited me to ride on the float? Like I'm not showing up to this shit to walk alongside your float. That's, so they promised you artist pass, but you just got VIP. Right, exactly. Mm. I was like, absolutely not. I will like not be venturing out. Thank you, Jason, like for 95 degree heat for this. Translating that into language I can understand. <laughs> Walk. Oh, okay. Artist pass. Now, thank you. I understand. I understand. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of, a lot of, uh, rainbow capitalism is a very fun term to use. I've never heard that before. Um, but I feel like this year it was hotly contested because, because, you know, people are just really on edge. Um, yeah. and right, rightfully so. Um, but I, yeah. I, I saw a lot of that, um, more so than I have in the past. I, I, I think it's obviously getting more prevalent, but also like, I think people are just out for blood. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's like, it should be, I mean, there should definitely be, we should always be like looking at and criticizing the way that corporations capitalize on any kind of marginalized community, not just queer people, but you know, also black people or trans people, any, you know, group of like any minority people of color, 
because there is there's so many ways to kind of like uphold this theoretically like in theory without actually putting anything into practice that's actually helping this and then all of those ways that's not really actually adding to the benefit of helping any of these people. It's- no, I mean, I'm, I'm always surprised at how much faith people put into corporations. <laughs> like it's kind of like, <laughs> why do you expect anything? I mean, they, they want to make money and that's the bottom line, which is like, to me, pretty clear that that's like how the system is set up. So to expect yeah. them to, to expect something from them, like they're a person is, is to me kind of delusional. Yeah, people like will really kind of like go to bat for like corporations. And I'm like, by definition, corporations, which is kind of like an entity that does not have a soul or spirit, can yeah, yeah. give anything back to you. So it's like, why are you? And very often, the people at the top of these corporations are equally soulless and like don't want to give back to you. Unfortunately, that's why I'm not rich is because I have a soul. And I, 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 <laughs> that's the only thing for stopping me from getting my million. Exactly. exactly. I'm, just too, I'm too nice of a guy. I'm too empathetic. And I'll just never be rich, unfortunately. That's just I've come to terms with the fact that I can be. I can be well I a, <laughs> but I can't be rich, you know? I have a few ghosts that come to visit me every other day asking me if I'm finally ready to give up my soul. <laughs> and it, it, it's, <laughs> it's getting harder and harder to keep saying no because I just, I'm, I'm ready to tap into my trust fund that's waiting for me to give up my soul. <laughs> I, think, I think you have more time than I do. I think, you, I think, it, could, I think it could happen for you and, and uh, my fingers are fucking crossed, you know? Uh, I also saw that you, um, and I commented on this because I was so disgusted, you were going to watch... <laughs> oh, God, I already know you, what this is about. You were going <laughs> to watch, and I'm sure you got it for free because you're a member of the, of the, of the liberal media elite, but I, the Disney Plus <laughs> to, yes. to, to watch Hamilton, which we all know is absolutely garbage. <laughs> so, it, it, indeed it was. But like the thing is, like it's so <laughs> weird because... There, I feel like there are very few huge kind of like cultural moments that I somehow managed to not engage with. But Hamilton always was one of those. Obviously, it was this Same. huge thing. But when it came around, never saw the musical, never listened to the soundtrack. Like I knew like what the premise of Hamilton was and like why it was so popular. I mean, the tickets were super expensive, but I like never really engaged with it at all. But I so I always really have like felt like eventually I'm going to need to just watch Hamilton just so I could know like what the hype was about. Unfortunately, after watching it, I still don't know what the hype was about, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I had to watch it. And I was, I was super stoned on an edible and it was just, but it was absolutely insane because first of all, it's like Lin-Manuel Miranda cannot sing. It's like very actively and adamantly <laughs> the worst part of the cast. It's, it's crazy <laughs> that he like wrote this entire thing to like put himself in the center of this huge thing and just like does and then surrounded himself with all of these people that are showing him up on it. I was like, this is, that's bold. That's brave. How can I ask you what the running time is on Hamilton? <laughs> it is just shy of three hours. I think it's like oh! two hours and 45 minutes. Oh! Granted, I did not. I like, I actually fell asleep with like 45 minutes to go and have not gone back to finish it. But that should also tell you because I just, ha- I was like, I've seen enough. I've uh, got it. Legit- <laughs> how many, uh, how many milligrams was this edible? I need to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was, I, there are like these 10 milligram gummies that I eat one and a half of. Okay. That's pretty good. Well, I, were there, were there any moments of Hamilton that were 
were impressive or enjoyable at all, or, or was it all pretty pretty much just the bad news? I think, I mean, there was a lot of, I think pretty much it was all bad news. There were some very, <laughs> very good performances. Like, um, Did you like learn Renee anything Lee about our great. fine country that you didn't know before? Oh, God, no. Well, <laughs> it starts off as completely like a revisionist piece of history of like kind of telling the story of these founding fathers that like where slavery is not at all mm. in discussion and then it's like this colorblind casting so it's great that it's this diverse cast but it's also it's like you're now like employing like black people it's like be these founding fathers without talking about the fact that these black people actually would have been slaves like at the time that this was happening that seems i feel like i feel like i should have heard that before now that that's like what like i've never heard it described that way and that seems like a big problem let's see yeah it seems like a a pretty obvious gripe to have with, with with crooked hamilton yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a very weird like it's like i mean yes yeah, like watching the musical i could be like obviously if you're adding in the context of slavery this would be a different musical but also like maybe it should have been a different musical because this is as it is it, it just it seems really jarring as much as like cool like you know doing colorblind casting and kind of retelling the story with the diverse cast seems cool in theory. It's not, it is very weird to kind of watch this and have there be no discussion of slavery and like have these like actual like black people recast it as the founding fathers or the wives of the founding fathers. That, that and does no discussion seem... about the fact that there's we're slaves. <laughs> yeah. Do you are you a musical head? Like, do you like theater? <laughs> um, yeah, so I very recently, I feel like within the last two and a half years I have like started to get into like musical theater I was not a musical theater person like growing up when I was younger I actually was like pursuing acting but I cannot sing and I had gone from like being the lead in one of my plays in eighth grade to like trying out for the musical and not getting casted at all and it was like this huge scandal around the campus that I had like gone from being the lead in a play to like not getting anything in the musical, but it was just because I could not sing. Welcome, so welcome to Hollywood, baby. <laughs> right. And so I kind of just stopped doing that. I like was like, okay, this is clearly not for me. So I was even at that time, I was like not necessarily a huge, specifically musical theater. I liked plays, and like if I was going to a play, I would, but I wasn't a huge like into it. But I think within the last like two and a half years, I've started to try to get into it and i've seen some pretty like incredible work over like the past over that time period and so that's been cool to get into that but I, hamilton I, th- not, I think i've realized though that theater might be the hardest performing arts there is as far oh, as like, i agree what you're doing and the pace at which you're doing you know doing eight shows a week or whatever i, I think right. that's, it's truly insane when you think about the mechanics of it all um which i i have to factor in when i'm when i'm like thinking about it uh, yeah, it's it's a very demanding thing to kind of like undergo. Like I was reading this, um, there's I think it's called the, the Jimmy Awards, I think, and it's like the basically the Tonys for like high school theater productions. And this comedian actress Natalie Walker wrote followed the people who were nominated. I think it's like two people from all fifty states followed them like as they were going through that. And there's this one section where she's talking about how they had to 
all of their like stage mom parents were there and like buying them like tea and like wrapping their like necks and scars because after <laughs> every single time that you're singing that you're like afraid that you're not going to be able to sing anymore and you have to like cut out dairy and like all of it. it's like a very with there are other reasons to cut out dairy but like not specifically for the preservation of your voice <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of all of it you make no money as well Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like being a college athlete. Like there's just yeah. no there's no if you ain't going pro, you need to just stop while you're ahead. There's no reason. That that article sounds interesting because I, I do feel like yeah, it starts so young. It is. That's what I was gonna say. I feel that the other side to the fact that no one makes any money is that the people who go into musical theater, you have to have such a passion for it. You can't just like kind of fall into that. Like you have to be willing to take so much shit and like go through so much that at least it's like once the people get into the world of musical theater, you know that they have been working and want to be there. It's not well, the Well, it's also of, like, it's billed as fucking dorky. If you can sing, don't you want to be like a superstar? You know what I mean? Like, it's, right. like, <laughs> like it's, it's taught to you. It's like ingrained that it's for dorks. So like, you know, like... The heart maybe, wants what the heart wants. It's, it's, it's very, I think it's very similar to being an Olympic athlete where... Yeah, like, I would agree. super impressive skill that nobody else can do. And then when... You know, once you reach the top and you're all done, that's that's pretty much it. You're, you know, you go back to working at PetSmart. <laughs> True. I would equate it more to the CrossFit games that I've watched on Netflix. You know what I mean? Is that a thing? <laughs> is that floor is lava? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually yeah, a thing. You make more it's money on the floor is lava than you do for winning an Olympic gold. <laughs> yeah, it's true. If you can't, if you don't get any sponsors, Olympic is crazy. Like you're, you're losing money to be like a, a, a bronze medal shot putter. Like you're not going to make it. You know, no one gives a fuck about that. It's fucking crazy. We, we, yeah, Wheaties is not giving you the bag for that. Nah, you ain't getting the cover. You ain't getting the cover. No, definitely uh, not. No, no Sports Illustrated body issue for you. No, the <laughs> wow, wow, the best issue. Uh, it's actually, issue. It's actually <laughs> you're thinking of ESPN the magazine. Oh, ESPN, yes. <laughs> you're such a jock. <laughs> Speaking of bodies, up um, my sports publications. Well, how has uh, how is your quarantine dating going? Um. It's there's just a lot of chatting on Grinder and like talking to people that I probably will not end up meeting up with when everything is said and done. Mm-hmm. But it's just you know you got to do when you have to like do. I've ex- <laughs> done some experimentation into like FaceTime sex, which was new, mm. interesting. I mean, was it uh, a positive experience? One of them was. Another one was very awkward, but. There, yeah, I mean, definitely one of them was a, and it was a, like I said, it was a new thing I hadn't really done. I've had friends that I've like done FaceTime sex, but I just hadn't really explored it before now. And I, I guess like, it seems like it could be better than nothing. Right, yeah. exactly. I also, as a, as a member of uh, Gen Z, I figured you were ahead of the curve, but interesting. <laughs> Am interesting. I, I'm not a member of Gen Z, though. I'm definitely a millennial. Oh, are, I'm sorry. I'm confused. You look so youthful. I, I apologize. That, that was I'm more. Twenty six, but I I think Gen Z cutoff is like ninety seven. I was born in ninety four, so I'm definitely like at the end, like the lower end of the. You're millennial, a but I, def- I yeah, I feel much more attached to like the stereotypes of a millennial than I do. Of That's Gen the Z. same for me and Jason with Gen with Gen X. Uh, so it you know it, it, it I understand your plight. Uh, right. did, <laughs> we had, we had a guest on Jeff, uh, his, his name. And, um, he 
was on dating apps and he said that white chicks were like apologizing to him before <laughs> they like hollered at him. Does that make sense? Like they wanted to talk uh, about yeah. before he talk- got the titty pick. Before he got to see the titties, he had to talk about systemic racism via, like, via, you know, Bumble or whatever. <laughs> have you, have you, Grindr, they ain't doing that on Grinder. They are, honestly, like, you would be surprised. There, like, are a lot of, there have, a lot of, like, hashtag BLMs have popped up into a lot of white men's Grinder bios as of late. And there are definitely sometimes where someone would be like, oh, you know, like, this must be so rough for you right now. And this, mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of like, this is not really the conversation that I, like, want to be having with you right now. <laughs> this is very much not why I'm on Grindr to be, like, talking yeah. about this stuff. I have but, other I mean, It's neither the time nor right, the place. Like, <laughs> literally not the time nor the place nor <laughs> the context. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, the white guilt is flowing very frequently right hey now. look you don't have to tell us you don't have to tell us okay <laughs> that's funny i i wonder because when he said that it like kind of blew my mind because it was just a concept that i hadn't thought about you know what yeah, i mean at no, all it's how it's this really definitely everything it touches everything it's truly so pervasive and it's everywhere you kind of can't escape it and it's but like i've definitely you know will scroll through grinder and there are so many like people who now have like black lives matter in their bio and it's like oh Okay. Now, weren't, so, wasn't I was making my penis soft? I was, I was <laughs> Damn, bro, making my penis soft. Uh, I I also saw that Grinder um, is is I, I didn't know this as a person who doesn't use it, uh, but you you can you you can search by ethnicity, which they are now getting rid of. Yeah. I think it's gone now, but there was a time where you could, like, filter, you know, like, by, like, height or, like, position or something else. And one of them was, like, by ethnicity. Is that problematic? Do you find that to be problematic? Or is that just, like, narrowing the pool, depending on what you're into? I find it to be problematic. Because, I mean, I just don't. I think that there are, like, like, for instance, I think it makes a lot of sense, like, be able to, like, filter by, like, position. Because it's, like, obviously it's, Mm -hmm. like... If you, yeah. like, are a top looking for a bottom, like, that makes a lot of sense why you, like, are not necessarily... But, like, to kind of use... Specifically because, like, you know who the people who were using the ethnicity filter were, like, definitely white men, like, looking for other white men. And it's just, like, I mean, it is oh, I inherently... See. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's like like some people have said that it's like it could also be you know for like black people looking for other black people. But there are also just like other apps that have always catered more towards like containing like a black community. Like Jacked is another app that is very primarily like for black. Gay so it's like a, it's, it's so it's like a grinder, but but just predominantly yeah, like like right, like it's not it's not like build as such, but I think it it's like it ain't as, black planet. It ain't black planet. <laughs> it's not yeah, but it I think it is one of those apps that has kind of just like black people have gone to fled to to kind of like find their tribe, and so I think the people on Grinder who would have been using the ethnicity filter were definitely those people. Mm-hmm. Who were like looking, trying so, to make sure they were only seeing white people. So jacked is 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 basically they're like reaping the benefits of grinder fucking up, basically. Like they're <laughs> basically, yeah, definitely. So I, I guess and and scruff I've also heard about. Yes, is, is scruff just for like the hairy types, or is it just a clever name? <laughs> it, 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 the, scruff is it's not just the hairy types, but it's definitely like more catering towards 
like the bear and otter community and the people who are into bear and otters. Like, like I honestly like use, have used like all of them, but like, it's not, none of them are like, honestly, honestly guys, I've tried it all. Okay. (laughs) None of them are like exclusive though. Like, you know, there are, you know, you'll still find your like hairless twinks on scruff too. It's not necessarily the app that is like, Okay, good. So I, I they're, not, they're not the target out. audience. But, as, an, you know. as, an, as an otter looking for a twink, I guess, I guess scruff, <laughs> scruff maybe isn't for me. Uh, that is, I, and all of these services are any of them paid? You can all all of the none of them are like you can all you can get a free version of all of them, but I, most of them have a upper tier that you can pay for. So like Grinder Extra, for instance, like lets you see more people on your grid like it'll keep going for longer or like scruff pro like lets you have like an unlimited amount of like photos that you can see in someone else's album versus like the regular version you can only see like the first three or something and these are like super affordable it's like five bucks or something it's not like a real cost yeah something like that i've never paid for them but it's something i bet they're fucking man i bet these guys are printing money right now oh definitely i mean you know gays they they love their little apps. <laughs> the apps have truly changed gay dating culture so much, and so I definitely think they are making. Do you it think it's day. in a in a good way or a bad way? Um, the thing is, it's weird for me to say in a bad way because it's like I don't I don't know a gay dating life prior to apps because by the time I had come out of the closet, I was already. You know, that was already a thing. Did you come out in New York? Yes, yeah. I came okay. out my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I feel like that's a classic tale. Oh, yes. The tale is all the time. Particularly at Columbia, where it's like I got there and it was like every other guy you met was gay anyway. It was like it felt very weird to like be in the closet. Um, but yeah, I was already, you know, they were art. So I can't really compare it to anything. Yeah. But I definitely think that it, it definitely has its benefits as far as like, you know, facilitating relationships and like meeting up with people that in a way that is a lot to an extent safer like particularly for people you know using these in like areas that are not new york or la you know yeah. you can just kind of go out and find it it like helps people find connections in a way that you probably couldn't have before this i think that's something that people forget about particularly straights like that this was not like you couldn't just do this 10 years ago 15 years ago even um, right. There is like a safety issue, especially like you said in in tertiary markets, particularly right, like, straight you know, males as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I mean, like people were like, and I mean, not that people still aren't, you know, like going out into the fields to go cruising, but like that mm-hmm. for a while, that was definitely the only option you. But had, do you think like, that has so has have the apps affected like cruising culture and like bars and because the gay bar is like a haven and safe space in theory, right? Like historically, yes, yeah. I mean, I definitely think it has had, it, like, I don't think it's the same as it was before, but I don't think, it hasn't led to the destruction of, like, cruising culture. It hasn't, like, gay bars still exist. People still go to gay bars to, like, pick up men. And, like, yeah. that hasn't changed. Like, that still exists, but does it exist in the same way that it did before? Again, I wasn't there before that era, but I would imagine that now that it's not as much of a necessity, you know, like when I'm yeah. going out, I'm not necessarily being like, I have to find someone at this bar to like take home that, that it becomes a different mindset because you know, that there are like other resources or outlets to be able to do that. 
Yeah, you ain't got to hit Craigslist no more. You know, no, no. you know, you got, you got, no more Craigslist. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, Chris. Nothing wrong with that. No, I'm not. No one's disparaging Craigslist. Craigslist is the original social network, man. Craigslist, right. Cra- Craigslist predates. I mean, where could you go to find a couch, an apartment, a car, and dick in one place? And to get your dick stuck, right? That's you know, crazy. Truly a one-stop shop. They fulfilled That's- every need possible. Craig, Craig was on his shit. Craig was on his shit. <laughs> Craig, uh, Craigslist that, at all that, costs. That Craig and his lives. <laughs> 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 have you uh, go ahead go ahead Jason. what no, no, do uh what do we think about kanye west running for president oh god <laughs> true i mean like i <laughs> the fact that i i feel it is such a crazy stunt that like he is announcing his presidential campaign right in the midst of gearing up for a new album like the idea of being like you know what would be like the ultimate promotional stunt is to like run for president mm-hmm. and it's but it's just like honestly in a post-trump world it's like of course someone cannot do that and it's like of course it's like kanye has said he would run for president since before like since when kanye was still a beloved member of society he was saying <laughs> that so like the fact that he has like been red-pilled now and like of course, he's still of that mindset. I think it's insane. And I mean, it's so, it's just really not what we need right now. But I'm also, like, not surprised. Like, it, it mm. seems like such, and I mean, but like, honestly, it's like thinking, like, someone I saw earlier tweeted being like, wow, the concept of First Lady Kim Kardashian is yeah, truly that's what a concept. I just, that's what I was thinking about as well. <laughs> that's, that's why I'll be voting for him. So. <laughs> Just want to go on the record now as uh, I'm throwing. She would my be room. a first lady. <laughs> I think yeah, she'll do a better, first lady she'll like do no a better job at being first lady than he will be at president. I think, though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like Kim has honestly already been doing. You know, I mean, not this is definitely like not like gassing up Kim as like the mm-hmm. savior, but I mean, Kim is like you oh, know. Sure, all it sound like the, it, but go ahead. <laughs> no, like the stuff as far as just like you know trying to get people out of jail right now is like more than Kanye has been doing. Well, you know, some, now. some people, there's a theory, you know, and I think it's perpetuated by Kanye himself that his, his, his Trump alliance was merely to get his foot in the door and be able to affect, you know, change from the inside. Yeah, um, and convenient, I say, but there's but also, right. there's also <laughs> another, there's another theory that he is running for president because that will take away so many of the votes from from Biden or whoever is going to be running against Trump that it will allow Trump to have uh, you know yes. a bigger advantage. Which makes, I've heard that. Which makes mm, I haven't heard sense. that one, but I, I like honestly, this is the first time I'm hearing about that. But I agree, that makes a lot of. But sense. But there's a lot of people who, I mean, it's it's we're we're now living in a time where everyone on social media has to stop doing whatever they're doing to like really honestly tell all of their followers like don't actually vote for kanye west for president, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, like, <laughs> it could it will do like, more harm than good i saw this tweet earlier where someone was like you guys like preach so much about like black lives matter but when a black man announces that he wants to like run for president <laughs> you're like all talking shit and i'm just like can you let's like look at the receipts of what Kanye has done for the past two years because mm-hmm. we're not going to have this conversation. This is not a matter of like not supporting fellow black people. Like this is 
of all the black people that I would want to support. Like, <laughs> for specifically politically speaking, like Kanye is very near the bottom of the list. Yes, he has not endeared himself to anyone, really, much less his own people. Right. Like, there was a moment where, I mean, you know, back when, obviously, when he said George Bush doesn't like Black people, like, that was a moment. Like, I could have gotten, and I thought, I mean, I was a huge, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that I was a huge Kanye, like, stan. Oh, I bet you were, I know you were, I know you were, (laughs) I know your ass was rocking the pink polo. I know you were, oh, God. I know you (laughs) I know, I know you're rocking the pink polo. No question. No, I mean, like, definitely, like, one of the defining personalities in, like, my childhood and even, like, my very, you know, young adulthood. But I also was very quick to kind of, like, see how his allegiance returning and being like, eh, this is not. And also his music just started getting worse. So it was like, what even am I supporting at this point? That's the problem. When the clothes aren't good and the music isn't good, I can't vote for that. I mean, fuck the, <laughs> fuck the policy at that point. Right. If, you, if you can't get a top 10 billboard hit, bro, can't, you can't run this country. There will be no mid-rappers in the White House on my account. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, see, that's, something I, that's a platform I can get behind. That's a platform. <laughs> that is finally something I can get behind. Have you... I feel like you're a guy who could give us some some tips on on what we should be watching right now. Maybe some un unrecognized uh, streaming television or movies that that people should be should be watching that they're not some hidden gems. Hidden gems. Uh, let's see. Um, I don't know if like this is a hidden gem anymore because I mean I it seems to hopefully be blowing up. But I may not destroy you with Michaela Cole is like my favorite. Yeah, and show that's, of the year so that's far. A British show, correct? Right, yes, yeah. Okay, I've heard, um, I've heard that. It's called I that. May Not Destroy You. Yes. No, I've not I May Not Destroy You. This, I May Destroy You, not got I it, May Not it, Destroy it. You. I've um, heard about this a lot. Can you give us a quick a quick summarization? Yeah, and then also, what, what is it on? What what network is it on? It's on HBO. Um, okay. It's this It's this woman, Michaela Cole, who previously made this show, Chewing Gum, like a, several years back. Mm-hmm. She also, like, made the show, like, created it, produces it, wrote it, and is the star of it. And it's basically wow. about her. Um, Move over, Tyler gets... Perry. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Not Tyler Perry. Um, but it's, it's basically about this woman kind of, like, coming to terms with the fact that she was sexually assaulted, but, like, was basically, like, drugged, so she doesn't remember anything about this. And it's kind of, like... She's piecing things together, but it's like, it's this very, but it also kind of ventures into like the assaults experienced by like, you know, two of her friends and just kind of in general, her life of like dealing as she plays this like kind of this like buzzy writer in the show, kind of, you know, someone who like wrote a type of, you know, like op-ed that like blew up and then she got a book deal and like all of these, you know, people are now obsessed with her. She has writer's block and she's like trying to get through the first draft of this book. And then this whole like, you know, sexual assault thing happens and it completely like fucks up her attention. But she also then decides to like reorient the book to start talking about that experience. Mm. And um, I mean, it's just incredibly like, this, like, very, like, nuanced discussion of the way that we talk about and, like, process and what we consider to be sexual assault, because, like, it kind of gets into these very deliberately gray areas of, like, this is, like, not, like, outright rape the way we, like, think about rape, but it's, like, very, like, these 
smaller type things that also do constitute assault, but that we really don't talk about. And I, and like, it's doing this in the way that I don't think TV has before. Mm. And so it's really inspiring, but I mean, I'm really just, I'm like also just like really rooting for Michaela Cole herself. Cause she's so multi-talented. Like she very much like reminds me of like a Phoebe Waller bridge and the way that I'm hoping that like people and the fact that she can kind of do it all in a way that I'm hoping people embrace, embrace. Right. And like, pick up on because she's such a rare talent and that show is incredible uh i yeah i've heard about it a lot i guess i should watch it how many episodes is it um it's a total of 12 i've i've seen the whole thing i think it's right now in the u.s it's only on episode like five or six i think it might be like half oh oh are you you flexing on us that you had a little screener (laughs) link or are you pirating are you you no i I have i have screener links i'm not pirating hbo Um, I have screeners. I'm like could go either way with you, Michael. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I honestly like haven't pirated TV. Actually, even when I was pirating music, I was never like pirating TV. I was never like sitting there watching my like uTorrent screen like download like take four hours. You don't have a folder on your laptop that's called (laughs) New New Girl Season Three. (laughs) Oh my god! That makes one of us. I have never actually. Uh, torrented anything but music either. Uh, but I was there for the original Napster and and Kazaa days. So I, I feel like I lived. I feel like I lived through the the best times of pirating. Oh, I was like a like the LimeWire era. Definitely very much my vibe. I was what confused. what kind of music did you, did your parents like listen to music in the house or were you left up to um, it all? I pretty much honestly discovered music a lot my own. My mom, like, not that she didn't like music, but she really, like, wasn't the kind of person, like, I didn't, like, grow up in, like, one of those, like, households where it was, like, you know, like, my mom's, like, playing, playing Marvin Gaye on Sundays when it's time to clean, you know? Um, I've always been jealous really, of those people. <laughs> same, I'm very jealous what? of those people. I've always been jealous truly, of those Truly, truly. <laughs> I kind of, like, discovered music on my own, but it was funny when I did start, my mom was def- a person, she loves, like, listening to, like, books on tape on the you know in the car so that was very much driving me to school in the morning like she would have on like some random you know like david baldacci book playing on the (laughs) the car stereos um but my mom was like very much like into like techno like very like before like electronic music kind of became this thing it was a very weird i was equally surprised this was like even before i had kind of like embraced electronic music like in my own life that she would like be playing this like very weird like heady techno in like the car very okay if she was playing music that's what it was damn jason is jason is sprung right now off (laughs) yeah i haven't been saying this word as much lately but i will say nut to that Oh my god. As a member, as a member, as an esteemed member of the EDM community, Jason welcomes your mother with open arms. Also, of, of, of all the musical genres, I would say techno is the least mom mommy friendly genre. I, com- I completely agree. She I mean she liked to I guess it's like she liked to listen to that when she would like go on her like power walks, but she would also <laughs> listen to it in the car. It was like I don't know, it was a very this is fire. Thing. Yeah, I mean, usually with, so now, you know, with somebody's mom, you're like, okay, a little like a little disco, a little house kind of vibe that makes sense. It's kind of you know approachable, funky, whatever. But but going just straight for the techno. No, she was like a I good like learn more about your mother. <laughs> <laughs> She'd go in for like a good like ten minute track, like you know she. Damn. 
truly was about that. Where so hopefully think- one day you'll be able to take her to Bergheim when they, when it finally opens up. <laughs> oh, God. That's the story. <laughs> Honey, I am home. That's the story we need on them.com for sure. That is the, story the first time I took my mom to Bergheim. I took my mom to Bergheim on acid, and this is what happened. Yeah, exactly. What? Where do you think she got – who put her on? That's the question. I don't know. That's like I really – it always baffles me to kind of like how she came across. Because again, like I said, it wasn't something that was like happening my whole life. It was like randomly when I was like in middle school, I think I would get in and she would just start having this playing. And I was like, it was, seemed to come out of nowhere. But this is, she was like, this is like what I use when I like walk. Like I need like a good steady beat. To, like, I love, you know, I love saying this is what I, this is what I use. Like it's a drug. I use this when I walk. Techno is simply is a tool. Injected and inject the techno into my veins. I don't listen. I use. It it really is sick. That's the best story we've ever heard on this podcast. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. You didn't see it coming. Uh, Thank you. So so did I, did I graduate on time? (laughs) You actually, you really did. You did graduate. Yes. You're, you're receiving, you're receiving your degree. You can walk. Uh, Um, Also, you, one, one, uh, one other thing I saw on Twitter, uh, a track posted about sugarfish being oh my the God. chipotle, of, the sushi. chipotle of sushi and, yes. you, and, Which, and I, I think you said put some respect on sugarfish's name yes i feel personally like as someone who loves sugarfish honestly unfortunately i have never been to the one in new york just because it is too chaotic to try to mm-hmm. deal with but like i am a very loyal patron You're of sugar sugarfish stand. la yes i am a sugar stand and i was just like this is disrespectful i also it's also like i am very adamantly like i feel like i'm known for certain things like i'm known for being a huge like subway stand and i'm also oh. known for like <laughs> judge, judge me judge me all you want i am a proud like a but long veggie delight from Subway is like a go-to meal. No, well, well, Chris and I have both been vegan and vegetarian, uh, you know, in our younger lives, and I I have put down many, many a veggie many, delight, countless, in my day. countless oh. veggie delights, <laughs> a good veggie delight. Like, but I also like very adamantly hate Chipotle. Like, I same, refu- same. like I stopped eating at Chipotle after the E. coli scare. Never went back, and like now that's like. I'm, like, very vocal about being, like, I hate Chipotle. So it's, like, to put one of my favorite sushi restaurants Mm. and compare it to this, like, hole in the wall of, like, disgusting diseases, (laughs) I was personally (laughs) offended. I took that as a personal attack. Well, I hate to break this to you, but Jason also hates sugarfish. Well, you know, I I I would like to, you know, if you're ever in L.A. and, you know, we're, we're not quarantining anymore... You know, I'd like to show you some some other su- sugarfish alternatives, perhaps that could maybe. You know, I like to support small business. That's the thing about me. So, sh- sugarfish. <laughs> tell, tell me, tell me some. Because I mean, I'm pretty sure. I've, I mean, tell me some of the ones that you would take me to. Because I mean, like, there's a chance that I've been to them before. I just also really like sugarfish. Um, I mean, maybe maybe there's a spot in Little Tokyo called Hama. That um, I think is pretty good. I mean, there, there's or like sushi gen. There's a lot of there's a lot of like more affordable, high quality sushi places in LA. But also the Sugarfish, um, the hand roll place, Kazunori. Kazunori, yeah. I, I, I think Kazunori is well. really really delicious and really good. I think Sugarfish. Um, I don't know. I think it's it's the the spirit of sushi where 
you know, it's a little bit more of a ceremonial meal. I think sugarfish kind of removes all of that, and it, it it's sort of sushi for people who don't have the time to devote to, you know, the, the honor of, of the fish, perhaps. So you're saying... I, just, you're, I, feel like, I feel like sugarfish is, like, ceremonial. Like, the way it's, like... It's, ceremony, it's ceremonial if you live in fucking Beverly Hills and drive a G-Wagon and have extensions. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think, well, I think the, the sugarfish is... It's, it's sushi for people who don't want to, like, pick or do any of the work. They just want to, like, I want that one. And then, you know, then, okay. you know, the aspiring actor starts just bringing out bowls of fish that have been sitting in, in the back of a kitchen for the last four hours. And like, here's your salmon, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But that's why it works is because it is easy. That's why yeah. it's such a successful business, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's literally like, trust me. Like, that's literally, you know, and I do, and I do, and I, I, I do trust them because, I mean, I've never had a bad sugarfish experience. And obviously, like, yes, it's, like, pricey and, like, it's not, like, I'm not going to sugarfish, like, every day for lunch. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I do go to sugarfish, I always enjoy myself. But I mean, yes, that's not the only sushi in the world, but it's definitely not the Chipotle of sushi. Uh, I've only had Chipotle once, and it was years ago, and I couldn't believe that people were so excited by it. It was fucking disgusting. It really, it's just, it never, like, I, there was a time when I would eat Chipotle. I've had it before. I, I, I I always thought it was just, like, severely salty. Um, and it was, it was like I would eat one of the tortilla chips and it will just be like, ugh. Oh, yeah, the tortilla chips are very, very salty. But it's, America, it's sort of I just mean, like we're going right. to take Mexican food and like all these, you know, American people who don't necessarily love the all the parts that make it like a traditional, you know, important special meal. And we're just going to remove all of that and then make it like Americanized and... Then you guys are going to eat it up and love it, which which is what worked. And you may be you might be able to say the same yeah, thing. Yeah, sugar. I mean, like, no shots. No, no shots. That <laughs> was definitely a shot. <laughs> that was a sugar shot, I, and I admit that. <laughs> that sugar shot. Stop making words. Stop adding words together with sugar, Jason. Yeah, man. Right. A sugar stand. A sugar shot. <laughs> Sugar stand's really good. They should actually buy that from you. That's really good. Uh, Michael, do you have any anything coming out we should know about? Anything you're excited about that you've been writing? Um, I mean, I'm doing a few things around I May Not Destroy. I mean, this, I May Destroy You coming soon. Okay, great. Um, I mean, I've just wrapped up a lot of stuff that I was doing over Pride. So I'm, like, thankfully, like, getting a little bit of a mind break because I was, like, pretty exhausted over the past month sure. um, i would imagine pride is like you know christmas at at them <laughs> except that, like instead of being rewarded with gifts we are like rewarded <laughs> with a lot of work sure but, but it, i mean but the work is a gift to some so that's good. that's what i was that's what i was getting at i feel like you're you're the source you know <laughs> that's my gift to the world my words um <laughs> same <laughs> but yeah i mean it's yeah, I mean, I'm excited, though, to kind of get back to, like, I've gotten behind on a lot of shows and movies and stuff and screeners that I need to catch up with, so I'm excited to kind of get back. Well, let me, let me before we go, let me recommend West Wing, a little show. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I may have heard of it once or twice. I started that from the beginning on Netflix, and I got to say, it's excellent. So, you know, if you, if you, you know, if you have some free time, you want to watch something like a little Hit less the edible progressive. edible and blast West Wing. <laughs> 
You know, something, <laughs> something that feels... Would you recommend West Wing as a stoned show to, like, zone out to? I honestly don't... No, I think the dialogue might be too fast. Right. I was like, I feel like that wouldn't... Like, being stoned, I wouldn't... Honestly, being stoned watching Hamilton wasn't that enjoyable either, but... <laughs> I, feel, I also do feel like I could not have watched it sober, so... Mm, that's the best review possible. That's the only review we need. <laughs> Unwatchable sober. I'm Michael, going to put on my letterbox. <laughs> tell tell people where they can find you on the World Wide Web. Um, my Twitter is Yo Soy Michael. That's Michael with an A-E, not an E-A. Mm. People get a lot of get confused about that. Instagram, Michael C-U-B-Y. It's my last name, just first and last name. I, I checked out your Instagram. That last that last photo should be pay-per-view, my friend. I didn't know we were, you know. <laughs> I thought I was, I thought I was behind was the my, Patreon. At that. I thought I was behind the Patreon. I had to check. That was my first, um, like, on-grid thirst trap, honestly. And How it did, just, how's it, it going? Has, I mean, a lot of people have, you know, slid into the DMs or have returned from the land of the dead. And honestly, I was like, I didn't know how powerful this could be. All you have has, to do is post a fully nude, full frontal photo on the grid. <laughs> It's all it took. <laughs> it's so crazy. People like responded. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, who would have thought? Who would have known? But here uh, we are. make sure you follow Michael on Instagram and um, you know what you know, whatever emoji you want to add on his most recent third trap. <laughs> all the emojis. Please, please. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Michael. It was a true pleasure. Of um, course. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, we will talk soon. Of bye course. Bye. Later. Bye.